Welcome back to Twice Upon a Time. This week, Roger and I watched Season 2, Episode 8, Into the Deep. As always, we'll start off with a synopsis, but this time, the plots in the story are tied together, so I'm going to summarize them together rather than separately like I usually do. Our heroes in the Enchanted Forest use the Netherworld to gain information about how to defeat Korra from Rumpelstiltskin. When Aurora is taken by Korra and Henry is being injured by his efforts, Charming goes under a sleeping curse instead and Snow meets him there. Snow gets the information she needs, but is unable to wake Charming. Desperate to get back to him, she discovers that Mulan has absconded with the compass to save Aurora. Emma and Snow catch up to Mulan, but Aurora has shockingly escaped. Hook let Aurora go, and we later discover also took her heart, getting back into Korra's good graces. The heroes, unaware that Aurora is under Korra's control, adventure to Rumpel's cell to retrieve the squidding to defeat Korra. Roger, what did you think of this episode? Two disclaimers. Uh, one, good word with absconded. Thank you. Uh, two, for those listening, if you we do have a special guest star in my dog, so you may hear barking or footsteps or worse squeaking sounds, so we apologize ahead of time. Having said that, I, th- I think it's probably a second best episode of the season. Oh. Of the season. Um, for the first time, it's only two lines, which yeah. is quite nice again. Um, things are happening. So the plot has moved on. I think I've said for like the last three episodes, nothing really happened. Like they're just walking or talking. It felt like Lord of the Rings to me. I was like, nothing is really going on. They're like moving at least in the right direction. Like this is better. Of the first eight, I would probably put this behind the crocodile. Wow. That's fascinating. Um... I did not really like this episode. Really? There are some really good parts of this episode, but despite the fact that they have removed a whole storyline, the pacing of this episode is still terrible. Like, remember in the episode of Dreamy where I said too many candles, not enough murder plot? Yeah. This episode has too much screaming people's names in burning rooms and not enough actual plot. Yeah, this entire season is basically that to (laughs) me. Like, I guess what I'm saying is that within the framework of the season that we're working in this is probably the best they could have done it also gets really exciting when we discover that aurora is not herself and has her heart taken i would say that's one of them that's really excited i would say the charming and snow meaning is pretty exciting yes um yeah i mean i think i even like the way they opened it with hook having to come down the beanstalk in the rain like there's a lot of decent stuff awful uh, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I, I'm surprised that you hated this. I was gonna say hated. I didn't did not like hate this, this episode. episode. I did not hate. This was this episode. worse than Dreamy for you? No, no. Okay, so it's not that. Bad. <laughs> At least it, it somewhat advances the plot of people that we know and care about. Sorry, Leroy. I care about Leroy as a side character. Same. Yeah, Same. no, that's that's interesting because definitely, like, I'm just like looking back real quick, and I was like, I like this more than probably I like Tallahassee, but that was basically mostly a flashback episode. Yeah, probably the other ones. Doctor was interesting. Yeah, no, most of them. This is probably the because first this one. is also the only only the eighth episode of the season. So well, yes, but like if you go back to season one by the eighth episode, we had some pretty wild stuff yeah, already happening. That's so true. This has been a slow moving season. That's true. Who do you want to start with? Um, oh. Because it's parallel. This isn't a flashback anymore. it's hard. Usually we talk about, like, in Storybrooke and then in the Enchanted Forest. We can still do that. Yeah. Let's start in Storybrooke. Okay. I would say Henry should go last since he's kind of the crossover. Sure. Um, how about Belle and Rumpel? Let's start there. All right. I like that. Uh, I just love the line, condiments are this world's most powerful magic. That's great. He's ketchup, not wrong. Ketchup is delicious. <laughs> Hot sauce, mustard, horseradish. The man has a good... 
palette. I appreciate that. I also like the quip that he makes when Regina shows up. Oh, hey, hey, dear, meet the woman who trapped you for 28 years. <laughs> it's true. His ability to... So he doesn't throw fireballs the way Regina does. Mm-hmm. But he's very good at, like, the snide, underhanded, you know, kind of F you comment. Uh-huh. And that's a great one to Regina right there. No, it's true. I also... I wish we had gotten more of this, but in general, one of my favorite things is, like, fish out of water or person from the past shows up in the future and doesn't understand what's going on. And I just really wanted to experience Belle eating a cheeseburger for the first time. So I feel like she was really going to Because like she's it. never had a cheeseburger. She's never had a cheeseburger. She doesn't know it's delicious. She doesn't know that ketchup is the most powerful magic. Yeah, I have a follow-up question. Why doesn't she have animosity towards Regina at all? Oh, I think she does. She doesn't show it. I think that she's not a person that cares about revenge. Yeah, there's anything we care about revenge and having disdain on your face when you see the person who trapped you for 20 years. She also years. wanted to leave when... Yeah, but that looked more uncomfortable. Like, Mm -hmm. she didn't like that they were fighting as opposed to the idea that, like, I hate you. Mm. Like, we've seen other characters, like, when Hook and Rumpel think about each other, they hate each other. That's true. That's true. She doesn't seem to have the, like, hey, you screwed me over. And also, wouldn't it be about 29 years since there was still a year that passed during Emma actually becoming the savior and she was still trapped? Oh, I don't think it's been a year. I think it's been maybe a couple months. No. Yeah. They did the whole season one in a couple months. Absolutely. Didn't we like go through a couple seasons? No. Like physical. Like physical like... winter, summer, spring? No, I don't think so. I think it's been a couple months. Okay, that's ridiculous. <laughs> wow. Uh, Rumple and Regina. Uh, I think one of my, this is, you'll, this will come up again in my what are you looking forward to next week, but when Rumple says, I can handle Cora, and Regina says, that's not how she tells the story, yeah. I want to know what that story is. So I like that, that it sounds like they're both telling their own versions of the story. And doesn't he even say, but I won in the end? Yeah, he does say that. So it does sound like he's saying, I got the victory, however you so want to believe who's more powerful. The thing that's weird is that she's very terrified of the idea that she's coming to town, but Rumpel doesn't look concerned. Yeah, he doesn't. Well, because he says he can handle it, and he doesn't care about saving anyone else. But he does care about Belle, which she yeah. very clearly points out. That, well, like, and that's hey, how Regina convinces him to help. Yeah, but it's just odd that he didn't even think of that. Yeah. So maybe well, he's, he's just... not used to having... It's been hundreds of years since he's had someone else to care about. <laughs> Has it been hundreds of years yes. since... No, that can't be true. We yes. talked about no, this. No, you always forget that he lived in Neverland for a long time. It's been like 200 years. I'm not just years. talking about him. He cared about Belle. Okay, sure. But yeah. that was for a very brief period of time. Okay, so it existed, though. And then he thought she was dead. <laughs> yeah, but he still cared about her. Ask Mr. French. That's true. He, he did. He did care about her. And he beat Mr. French with that cane. Uh, a well-deserved beating. A well-deserved beating. Okay. Um, I also like the look in his face when he realizes what's going on to Henry. He shows real concern. He's not like, oh, whatever. He kind of looks frightened that Henry's gotten burned pretty badly. Oh, yeah. He, like, really wants to help him, and he's happy to use magic to heal him, which is kind of sweet. Yeah, he, he's not uh, antagonistic towards Henry in the slightest. And he has no connection to Henry other than nice young boy. Right. He, he does not have a thing for young he, boys. He likes little boys. Stop with the phrasing of that. <laughs> You're just not allowed to talk about Rumpel and your little boys. We're just mm-hmm. going to ban that from this podcast. 
other than that, I wouldn't say he's a background character, but he's not the focal point. Oh, definitely not. I'd say he's a facilitator. Um, one of the lines I really like that he gives to Regina is, oh, your majesty, you did his wife, so I'm sure you'd like the honors. I wrote that down, too. I What a weird thing to say. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it was weird. It made sense in context. He's all, he's constantly throwing in Regina's face that all the bad things that happened were her fault yeah and he constantly reminds her of this it's true and he's not really wrong though he like encouraged her to do all the bad things but i also love when they're arguing and then david just like lets out this humongous (laughs) sigh and he's like i just give no fucks (laughs) about this posturing that regina and rumpel are doing can we just get down to business please but haven't you been present before when two people are arguing and you simply can't just wait for them to shut the hell up absolutely yeah yeah, I'm sure that's a... We can all relate to that. I also want to talk about something that is... So we often talk about how David like always sees through Rumpel's bullshit and is kind of like, what do you actually want, dude? Yeah. And this is, I feel like this is sort of like the opposite and the inverse. Uh, charming ass, like, how do I... How am I going to get to her? Like, I'm going to be in a different room. And Rumpel's just like, well, you're going to have to figure that out, which... You know, not my problem, but also, like, he trusts him to figure that out. <laughs> well, he's, yeah, he says that's the conundrum that we're hoping that you can mm-hmm. solve. Which is true. He would have never gone there. Um, also, has no one on that side... So this is what I don't understand. He gets put into the sleeping curse, but he doesn't go right to the room like the other ones do. No, because that's the room that you go to after you've awoken from a sleeping curse, apparently. But wouldn't all of them have been in that room at some point, though? Like the first time they went in there? No, because they were under a sleeping curse, so they were in the room where David was that was dark. Yeah, so they would have been in the dark. Like, everyone who went to a sleeping curse should have been in the dark room with mirrors at first, right? Yes. So then, like... Henry would have gotten from, or maybe they never broke through. They just were in that room, then they got woken up, and then they went to sleep, That's and they right. went back to the fire room. I That's see. right. So, Charming the Avenger is the only one who's gone between mm-hmm. both worlds. And it's interesting that this room even exists, because, like, Snow is the first person that has ever woken up from a sleeping curse, as far as we know. Aurora wasn't first? No, she was woken up after that. I oh. guess maybe her mother... Was her mother put in a sleeping curse? Yes. Wow, Melissa was just terrorizing her. She's a generational cursor. She's a generational cursor. And also, actually, Rumpel talks about how, like, the first sleeping curse. So there would have been other people who've been... Because when he talks about the needle prick on the finger. Yeah, that's true. So they must have... I think he's referring to Aurora's mother. Oh, okay. So that would be... Briar Rose. Do we ever hear her referenced in the show? Yes. Oh. Maleficent references her. That's why she... That's why she curses... Aurora, because she's so sad that she was, like, in love with King Stefan. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I think I missed that. All right. Uh, And then she got a tiny unicorn, black unicorn, to fill the void. I mean, in fairness, if you had a hole in your heart and someone gave you a tiny black unicorn, I feel like that hole has been filled. It's true. Perfectly. I'm good with Rumpel for now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Want to go to Charming, since we kind of already talked about him? Sure. So he willingly goes on a sleeping curse, and very typical David... Does he have, like, a a hero complex? Definitely. He definitely has a hero complex. And he's... I don't want to say reckless, exactly. 
Um, he's definitely not reckless with other people, but no. he's sometimes reckless with himself. Like, I wouldn't say he has a death wish, but it does seem like that he's like, either I get my wife or I'd be fine dying. Like, he says even in yeah. what happened to Fre- Frederick. Like, either I get what I want or I'm dead and then I don't have to deal with this problem anymore. Which is interesting because he does have another thing to live for now, which is Henry. And Emma. Well, yeah, but Emma is in the same place as snow so presumably if snow can't get back emma can't get back either it's true uh so he's gonna be separated from them um though as we know that's not always how things work of course that's not always how things work jefferson could tell you a whole lecture on that um david and regina do some working together in this episode which is one of my favorite things well, they're both watching over Henry while he's sleeping. Okay, yep. And they both instantly agree not to risk Henry's life anymore to be in this netherworld. And that's why David decides to go under the sleeping curse. Oh, yeah. That scene was interesting because Rumpel says, watch your tone. Which is usually like a thing someone says when you're like speaking disrespectful to them. He, he says it to Charming. I don't remember that. Oh, he absolutely, when Charming is like, we're not putting money, he goes, watch your tone, Charming. And mm. then he tells him about, like, they're, you know, he, like, goes through the things that you need. It's like, mm-hmm. you're never going to get back to them. So it was an interesting way that he phrased that. Mm. It wasn't like he was saying in a disrespectful manner, but mm-hmm. it was definitely told, like, you might want to be so quick to jump to that conclusion. David is also an excellent detective in that he deduces exactly what Snow will do uh, to enter Yep. That he, he knows that she's going to be there, and she is. He's not excellent detective in assuming that they're going to be able to wake up, that he's going to be able to be woken up by snow in this netherworld. So I will give him a pass, though it was ridiculous that, like, hey, we're both asleep, but our ethereal forms can kiss, and that will wake us both up. Yeah. That's just going to work. There's also a really interesting thing going on in this episode, which feels unusual to me. Uh, at one point when Emma and Snow are talking, Snow says, oh, that's your father. He always believes that we'll get there. And then the same thing happens when they're talking in the netherworld, Snow and Charming. Uh, she's like, I know you'll find me. Like, it'll be fine. Um, or he says that. And he's, she's the one that believes in hope. Like, she's the hopeful one. I mean, I wouldn't say that he's not hopeful, but she's like... If I had a nickel every time you said the word hope person. Yeah, but she's always the one who... So, like, she believes it, but she's more of the Peak and Valley person. Mm. First episode, she's, like, basically depressed sitting No, there, that's like, true. Broken. That was very unusual. Um, Snow falls. She's broken. That's true. But and she hasn't become... She hasn't found true love yet at that point. Sure, but David isn't broken. Like, even though he's marrying that's for, um, like, to save the kingdom, he still mm-hmm. believes in it, whereas, like, she's the one who basically seems... Like, there's a bunch of episodes where she's the one who seems lost. Even Mary Margaret under the curse is the one who seems lost. Yeah, no, I guess that's true. So that's actually pretty consistent with her okay. character. Uh, he also jumps through fire. He literally jumps Badass. through fire. <laughs> he jumped... Not only did he jump through fire, he, like... First he backed up through it and just went, like... I don't give a shit about this anymore. And just jump through the fire to be with Mary Margaret. And then, of course, you know. And we get this, like, musical surge as yeah. he jumps through the fire. I mean, that was appropriate. Here's what I don't understand. It is physically able to burn them. So it is connected to their physical body. Yeah, that is very confusing. And I'm very concerned that David is just going to be in this room the whole time instead of the nice, quiet mirror room while he's in his sleeping curse. Although it seemed from Rumpel's explanation that you're only burned when you try to influence or control, like, 
go deeper into it and like communicate with people. So if he just like chills in the room, maybe he won't get burnt. Maybe because like at towards the end of him and um, Snow talking, the fire seemed to not be present. But then when she left, then the mm-hmm. fire kind of returned. Yeah, and he broke the fancy necklace that Rumple gave him, which for some reason is physically in the room, but is also physically on his body and story broke and physically broken. Yes, <laughs> but their bodies aren't really there. right. Exactly. Makes a lot of sense. I don't know if this is a writing inconsistency or just they didn't want to go through all of the logic of trying to figure out what can and can't be done. I mean, I'm honestly very glad that they didn't because there's already enough screaming in the fire room. Like, I just don't need any more talking about the fire room. Fire room really gets good with the fire room. You know, I actually admittedly kind of liked the fire room. I thought it was hell, to be Mm. honest. Like, I thought this was the physical manifestation of hell. Uh, Regina and Henry? Sure. They have that little, have you been using magic conversation? Very, um, very, how many days has it been since you've used magic? Um, She actually is honest with him, which is nice for the first time. Uh, She not only tells him that she's been trying not to use it, but tells him when she has, which I think is, is good. I see that you're very annoyed about this. Have you been using magic situation? It reminds me of the um, Bellfire Rumple. Like, 10-year-old children don't get to make decisions. Do you know why? 10-year-old children are irrational and stupid. Yes, I know that we just went through an entire first season where the 10-year-old boy was the only one who realized what was going on and basically solved the problem. He's also the same person who tried to crash a car and intentionally put himself in a sleeping curse. I mean, it's sort of reasonable that he is trying to stop his completely irrational mother from using magic, who was like, I'm going to kill this 10-year-old girl because she told a secret. Problem wasn't that she had magic. The problem was that she wanted to kill the ten-year-old girl. But the magic is a side, like of course, it's a side issue. But she doesn't know how to use it for good. She's learning, and that's what we should be working towards. Because, <laughs> like, this is a perfect situation in which magic could be helpful. Well, and he doesn't seem upset by the fact that she's using magic now because she's helping people. No, I just okay. A couple things. A. I think there's too much of the children dictating to the parents in this bizarre universe. Like, it was the same thing I said with Belfar. You're 10? Shut the hell up. Like, you don't get to dictate that you're... Like, yes, your father has a bit of a murdering problem. You know, killing maids and... Just a scotch. Just a bit of a murdering I mean, he's not as indiscriminate as some other people's murdering problem. Like, he's killing... Now, he's getting a little paranoid. And the same thing with Regina. Like, obviously, she's a monster. Like, she's done some terrible, terrible things. But there have been logical reasons in which she's needed to use magic in this season. Also, where where's the Regina from last season who's, like, willing... Even if she was willing to make some mistakes, I would just like her to do something. She's like a damsel in distress in the background this season. And it's annoying to me. She'll do more stuff in the second half of the season, but you're right. I mean, most episodes are not Regina-focused, which is frustrating. Not only are they not Regina-focused, she's, like, gun-shy ever since uh-huh. uh, Henry got put under the curse. She just... Sits in the back. Like, the perfect example is when David is going to shoot Daniel. And she's, she resorts to screaming hysterically. Yeah. The evil queen, the woman who plotted and did a curse and was always willing to scheme, re- resorted to screaming like a mad woman. I'm like, who is this? This is not even the same woman. Although, how would you feel if every time you walk into Granny's diner, Granny's like, everybody clear out. We're just, we're closing up. Lunch is over. Although we don't even get to see how Regina feels about this. But we that just, wasn't every time Regina walked in. It was, was because the two of them. And Rumpel, which, let's be real, explosive shit you know, happens Granny between is the two very spicy to Rumpel as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't under... So, yeah, he mentions they have a complicated relationship. And I, I have no idea why. 
other than the fact that he's the um, landlord. Yeah, we've, is, we've never seen them interact. We had the these... first season, the first episode. It's the only time we see them interact, when she's afraid and gives him the money. When oh, he... yeah, right. I'm, but we've never seen them mm-hmm. interact in the Enchanted Forest. We have that assumption that he is oh. perhaps the wizard that sold the cloak to Granny. But if that's the, for Red, but if that's the case, like that seems like a nice thing. Also, I like how she says, I charge extra for the pickles. And I'm like, to your landlord? <laughs> really? That doesn't seem like the smartest play here. He's like, cool, I charge extra because the pickles. And now you have to pay me more rent. Who charges extra for pickles? Pickles cost nothing. Well, if you don't like someone. Oh, she only charges extra for pickles to rum. Yeah, that's why I, I didn't see. understand, like, oh, cool, when he raises your rent by the exact amount, did you get anything? Like, And that's assuming he doesn't just choose to screw you over because he owns the whole town. That's true. Yeah, not the smartest play there, Granny. But she doesn't care because she's a badass. Um... I I also something I that often bothers me in this show about Henry. He always wants to help, and they oftentimes won't let him. Which I think is reasonable that they won't let him yeah. in this situation. But he just like really wants to help genuinely, and they're like, "No, you're a kid. Don't." Why does that bother you? It just I don't like. He actually could help. We could have we could have prevented someone from going into a sleeping curse for like a five minute conversation that may have resulted in one small burn. I'm sorry. Let me get this straight. <laughs> you think it's unreasonable that his mother, his grandfather, decided we're not going to continually let you get burned, which is escalating in degree in this sleeping curse for a 10-year-old? No, I don't think that that's unreasonable. I just, it must suck to be Henry. He, I mean, last season he knew that everyone was under a curse and no one would believe him and no one would ever let him help with anything. And basically his only ability to make something happen was to eat a poison thing and go under a sleeping curse. He makes bad decisions. Sometimes he does. Yes. He's also 10. Uh, (laughs) I'm not saying that they shouldn't, they should let him do this. I'm just saying that it's it's gotta be frustrating for him. He's like, I could fix this really easily but instead we're concocting this really complicated plan where someone else goes under a sleeping curse so like the other thing with henry is that like he's unpredictable he's he's much like he's reckless (laughs) and unlike an adult he's 10 so you just don't trust him to make the safe decision and he doesn't have any experience in the enchanted forest or in sleeping world i mean like he still, yeah, yeah. he figured out that there was a curse, which I'm not. Like, he makes the joke about, like, this all happened because of me. And he's not wrong. So, like, in the real world, yeah, I trust Henry. In magical world, maybe let somebody who's dealt with magic more. <clears throat> I said I would have been, like, rumple. Or I would have put Regina under. That was the play. I, she never would have Yes, she would that. have. Why? Because either we put your son under or we put you under. Well, no. Because she could have just said, I don't care about helping these people. Whatever. Henry could have said, you should help She's literally doing these things, like not using magic for Henry. If Henry had been like, Henry would have said, I'm going to go under. You could have very easily, Rumpel could have been like, if you want to stop him from going under, you need to go under your majesty. And I bet she does it. She's very easily manipulated when it comes to protecting her son. I don't know. I just don't think she would have cared enough to do that. She cares about Henry. If Henry asked her, she would have done it. Maybe. I mean, she's giving up magic for him. That's true. The only thing that's ever brought her any happiness. That's true. And it makes more sense. But I also don't think that anyone could have woken her up. I don't think Rumble cares about that. But I think she does. I think Henry could wake her up. I don't know. Why? They, if, they, if Emma and uh, Henry had true love. Yeah, but I'm not... They're they're working on it. But yeah. They have a rocky relationship right now. And I'm sure. not sure it's true love. I think 
seeing your adopted mother go under a sleeping curse might be close enough to okay. being able to trust it. I mean, he has more of a relationship technically with Regina than he does with Emma. I also don't know. We, we'll see later. I don't think that Regina believes that she deserves love. I think that's true. So it may be difficult for her to, one, trust that someone loves her enough to wake her up with true love's kiss. And two, if you don't believe that you can be loved, it might be hard for you to fully... I mean, I'm not saying that she doesn't love Henry, but like to fully love someone. Counterpoint. Henry was dead. It's true. Henry was dead. <laughs> I don't think the recipient actually is relevant since he was literally dead. <laughs> I get what you're saying. There's logic there. Yeah. But since he was dead... <laughs> We can probably say that it doesn't really matter if you think you deserve love since, you know, okay. he had expired. Fair, fair, fair. Anything else in Storybrooke? I think I'm good. I'm well, I feel like side. this is a nice transition to talk about Aurora since she's sort of trying to make the same ha- sacrifice that Henry is making. They actually give Aurora something to do in this episode a little bit. Yep. Um, she gets sassy with Cora, which... I was into. What is she? She almost drops the granny line. (laughs) You stupid, ridiculous girl. Yeah, Yeah, it's not exactly that, but it's something close to that. No, totally. It was like you ungrateful something little girl. And I was like, ah, maybe it's just an older woman thing. And and they just have sassy, uh, stupid young girls. She, She also, even though she's getting burned, wants to help. She really wants to help. And that's a big shift from what, three, four episodes ago when she tried to murder Snow? <laughs> uh, very unsuccessfully. <laughs> is it attempted murder if you're just that bad at I it? I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, the, the the spoiled little brat. It's funny, this reminds me of the Abigail. Um, remember how she was just an annoying little uh-huh. brat and then all of a sudden you actually saw some depth with yeah. her? I'd say kind of the same with Aurora. Totally. Though, she's kind of dumb. Oh, yeah. I mean, she still, she gets captured by zombies. Uh, When Mulan is being attacked by a zombie, Aurora just sort of is like, oh, no. And then she trips. The zombie doesn't even attack her. She just trips and falls down. Which, in fairness, considering what she's wearing, that's not that illogical. That's true. It does catch on a branch. I feel like it's gotten cooler somehow. Now it has like feathers coming out of the top of it. I'm into that. Her, it's still very inappropriate. Her entire thing looks dumb as hell. You were traversing through the woods. Wear some damn yeah. normal clothes. It's not It's not a good outfit for the purpose. No. It, it just reminded me of that coat that Rumpel has that is already ridiculous, and then it also has feathers all over it. That's a very dark one appropriate <laughs> quote. I don't know that Sleeping Beauty, that makes as much sense. No, agreed. It doesn't make sense. Um, um, also, God, she's so dumb. <laughs> you don't really see what Hook is doing here? Well, I I think we are we the viewer are tricked a little bit in what occurred there because we never actually see him take her heart. Um, Emma realizes how the hell did you get? Food? No, totally. I'm not. But like from her perspective, my assumption is that he took her heart immediately and then told her that she wouldn't remember that, uh-huh. and then like created a scene uh-huh. that for her to remember, which is what happened. Uh-huh. Um, or which is what we see happen. So what we see is purely a delusion of Aurora's mind. Yes. Because, like, I mean, when we watch that scene, we're like, yeah, he, he let her go. Like, yeah. what else would you think? I, one might assume that you would remember if someone took your heart. Because <laughs> other people can remember when they take their heart, it I depends. Guess. I think it depends on if you say you well, won't remember how this. How does know how to do that? Um, we learn that in the next episode. That he's trained in magic? That he receives the ability to take a heart. 
Ah, because I know his hook is enchanted. One heart? Mm -hmm. And he wasted it on Aurora, huh? Yep. Well, he was pretty desperate to get back in Chorus Good Graces. Because I assumed if he was saving that, that was for the crocodile. And actually, I feel like he set himself up pretty well here. Uh, Yeah, he can play. He's working diagonally. Yes, because he... That was very bold. He came up with that plan all by himself. Um, and then Hora, Hora, Hora. Freudian slip there? Whoa. Cora <laughs> um, is like, yeah, all right, you can, you can come with me. I hate to travel alone. Um, but also currently Emma, Snow, Mulan, and Aurora think that he did a good thing. And if something goes wrong with Cora, he might be able to weasel his way in there. The diagonal work. He's also obviously still enchanted with Emma, which oh, totally. I don't understand why. Like that. Although interestingly, that was that was Cora saying that, not him, through Aurora. I have always been of the belief that that was Hook feeding the lines to Cora. No, he says nice touch to her. Yeah, I know. Like if I told you I want you to say these things, and then you add a little flair to it, I would say nice touch. But I still think he was the one who told her. Like I don't I think I don't think Cora would be into listening to someone else's plan i think that she no with those words herself but i think if she was like i don't know emma you know her a little bit more than Mm. me tell me what to say that would sound like you that makes sense like that is how you would deceive someone make these words sound like something hook would say i think that was 100 percent cora i don't think i think it was i think i think cora it's like a draft if i give you a draft to polish and then you clean it up it was my words but you made it pretty i think that's probably how it was um, I also like that Cora calls out his typical, your pretty face buys you a lot. And I've made that criticism of him a lot, like, a, from a, not in the show, but like a lot of people make defenses for Hook because his pretty face, he's kind of a piece of shit. I can't believe he tries to seduce her. That's disgusting. <laughs> that doesn't, but that's exactly who he is. I'm not, I'm not saying <laughs> that, that it's shock not, me at all. but I can't believe he thought it would work. <laughs> How many times do you think that's worked for him? Probably a lot of times. How, how, how many, many times do you think has not worked for how him? How many times has it worked with a very powerful sorceress? Probably a lot. I'm he, he surely has not encountered many very powerful sorceresses. He's a pirate who can go between whelms. I bet. Whelms. 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 <laughs> Malwedge. I suspect he has encountered very powerful women before. And I suspect. Like, you think that wouldn't have worked on the blind witch if she could see? <laughs> it would have. No, she doesn't. She doesn't care about that. She only wants to meet children. <laughs> she has a thing for young boys. She does have a thing for young boys as long as they're plump. But she has to decide if she wants it with gravy or butter. <laughs> Gross. Uh, yeah, it's disgusting. That. No, but I, I do like that. So it actually reminds me of when Regina tried to seduce Charming, and it didn't mm-hmm. work. And she had that look on her face, like, "What the fuck? <laughs> this always works." He looked shocked that she. Mm. Well, I mean, in fairness, she's an older woman, so, like, he's a handsome young man. I'm sure that he was like, oh, I'll just seduce the, the stupid old bitty. And she was like, yeah, right. And she just leaves him. Yeah. Also, that reminded me of what Regina does. She finds, I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to do the thing that's going to make you more miserable. Oh, I'm just course. cruel. Um, of in fact, I think that's a family trait that often why I don't think Regina has always done the things that we've accused her of is that it's not cruel enough. Mm. I think her decision isn't, I could just do the base thing of murder you. Or I could punish you by making you do the thing that you hate most. Yeah. It's a Cora trait and it's a Regina trait. That's true. Regina and Cora are just mean. They're just mean. They're cruel. Yeah. Uh, Snow can talk to birds, apparently. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, it's not like in Snow White, she talks in 
in the canon of Snow White, she talks to animals. Like, like I thought it was like she just had like a connection. She like basically got like a translated message from Cora. Yeah. That was basically like t- like a phone call. Which I guess maybe Cora. This might be like some sort of enchanted bird. But why? Like, why couldn't anyone else understand what the bird said? I don't know. It was very strange. It was a cool bird though. It was big. It was a big raven, raven. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She should have sent a murder them. Uh, Snow was also vicious in this episode. She was about to murder Mulan. So, okay, <laughs> let's move to Snow. Um, one, I did say that she lied before. I, uh, we talked about this. I, she, it's a lie. It, a lie of omittance is a lie. No. I mean, she even says, I didn't know. Like, she literally says that in the episode. I didn't know it was real. Yes, that's what she said. But the moment she started having this shared delusion, you know it's real. It's like what we talked about with, like, Jefferson and Henry. How are they both having the same delusion? Something doesn't add up here. Yeah. No, okay, that's fair. And and honestly, even if she didn't think it was real, you could have described what you saw. So then she'd have been like, I'm seeing the same thing. Like, it was... I get that she... And she even says, I was trying to protect you or something to those BS lines. I mean... I, I, I feel like I understand that to a certain degree. You're wandering around in the middle of the woods and someone tells you that they've had a dream that you've also had. How helpful would it be to say, oh yeah, I've also had that dream. That's fucked up. It sounds like there might be something bad going on here. You want to keep walking for 14 miles now? Yes. <laughs> Explained. I would much rather have like an idea of what I'm facing mm. in this horrible nightmare that I'm experiencing every single night than just be like, Oh, yeah, no, it's fine. It's not real. Great. I'm going to go back in this burning room. (laughs) Snow also very quickly figures out that her mind has somehow built up, like, walls so that she doesn't experience this anymore. Um, Family trait. Building up walls. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I mean, that's a thing that your mind does. Everyone's mind. To protect you. From From trauma. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. I mean, a burning room sounds traumatic. Is that what the mirrors were? The manifestation of the walls that you built up? Maybe. Maybe it is. You're walled into your mind. That's yes. terrifying. Ooh, that is darkness. Don't um, the projecting of the confidence was very clearly a lie. Projecting of the so confidence. So she tells Emma very clearly, we're going to find a way home. Mm-hmm. Until it's her husband stuck in the curse. Yeah. And then she panics. It's, oh my God, how are we going to get home? And she starts shaking. And yeah, that's when she turns into a monster. I also think that she's thinking about how hor she knows how horrible it is to be inside of that room yeah. inside of that curse and if she doesn't make it back but well because i also think that she may have previously been thinking if i don't make it back as long as emma does it's okay but she doesn't no, feel that way she anymore. very clearly said we both make it back together. <laughs> she, she does say that when she was pissed that uh mulan was going to cut down the beanstalk that's she true. made it very clear we're both getting back but that's because she wants emma to get back yeah, but... I'm not saying that she doesn't want to get back. Yeah. But she'd be willing to die so that Emma could get back. Okay, sure. But that was not, like, her intent of the statement. It wasn't, I just am trying to get you back. She was very clearly trying to get back to Charming. Uh, Mulan also is just, like... She she has... She, she is in a tunnel. She has one mission, and it is to save Aurora. She's also bad at her mission. Yes, she is bad at like, her mission. she gets beat by the zombies... And lets Aurora get kidnapped. And it wasn't even that many zombies. There were two zombies. And she they, they actually tripped um, Mulan when yeah. they were running away, which is ridiculous. And you she's couldn't... really good at fighting. Is she? Yeah, we've seen her fight many times. Well, I've seen Snow whoop her ass twice. Snow is very good at fighting. Okay, she Snow is not a trained fighter. She's a good archer, but she's not a hand-to-hand combat like master. 
That's true. And she gets beat down twice Although by... Although several times we see Mulan deflect Korra's magic with her sword. Which, which is, is bizarre cool. because she couldn't deflect um, Snow's beautiful football tackle. <laughs> twice. And on top of that, Snow has her pinned with an arrow and she can't flip her off. So basically, if Snow was going to kill her right there, which I'm not entirely sure she wasn't willing to kill her for that compass. Same. Mulan, the greatest warrior in all the land, is getting her ass whipped by Snow Wife. Twice. Yeah. Not good. If we were scoring this fight, this is 10-8 Snow White. Not yeah. even close. So apparently Mulan's really not that great of a fighter. She also seems very desperate. She Which makes to, sense. She starts to cry when Aurora it has been taken. Oh, that was a good first clue. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I don't understand. Didn't she have a head start? on snow uh, yes and she was running full speed i mean i'm not saying that emma and snow aren't fast like i think they can both run very quickly they're not that fast no they're not faster than someone who's just as fast as them that left 10 minutes before that who's a great warrior <laughs> should be in good peak like she gets chased down i this is not a good warrior <laughs> i don't understand you can't outrun people who have like it'd be one thing if snow had shot that like 150 yards she shot it like 10 yards away that means they caught up to her. Two of them caught up to her. Yeah. I get that the armor probably weighs her down a little bit, but seriously. Armor is heavy. Be better, Mulan. Well, and I'm sure Emma is wearing stupid shoes because they always put her in <laughs> stupid shoes. She always wears stupid shoes. That's all she has is stupid shoes. They're, well, they're, they're boots, yeah. but they have a giant heel. I mean, she wasn't stupid. admittedly when they jumped through the portal. She wasn't like prepared for the outlook. No, of course not. But yeah. it just, I don't understand why boots this isn't this is a very common problem across women in all television shows like in castle mm-hmm. why why would beckett be wearing boots with heels do He's i need to do i need to explain this to you no because <laughs> i can go into male gaze if you need but that's why yeah and also just like they they try to make the women taller in this show so that they look more powerful so you can't really accomplish that without boots like you can make them shorter if you want to but then you know they look weaker i don't know Tiny, tiny badass lady beating the shit out of somebody. I'd respect that. Really? Yeah. That might be more of a you thing. <laughs> Speaking of projecting. Um, okay, yeah. I. Can we talk about Cora? Sure. Um, I already said I loved how cruel she was. Like, the just the start with the whole hook thing. Excellent Regina-like work. Why is she able to raise a zombie army? I don't know. I came up with an exclamation exclamation explanation for it but it doesn't feel it doesn't track it doesn't track i my I, my only thought is that she took their hearts out which people can survive having uh-huh. their heart removed from their chest and she told them to play dead uh-huh. and then but they're mindless i know that's weird i guess maybe she's like they're undead you're I mean, mine because they even said do we even know how to kill them so it wasn't like because, like, Aurora isn't a zombie, so if you caused her pain, she would still feel pain. Of course. But the zombies don't seem to react to pain. They take an arrow and just, and just They also going. walk all weird. Like zombies. Yeah, I mean, just it's weird. nothing about this makes sense to me. Maybe she has better dark magic, but I don't know. It didn't make any sense to me. It was very me. strange. Um, I like how easily she thinks she's going to be able to manipulate Aurora, and strange enough, it doesn't work, which is surprising, because I definitely thought um, the little story about how to get Prince Philip back would have gotten her, because, you know... She's kind of a selfish little brat, but she surprisingly shows some conviction. Yeah, I actually think that Aurora would be pretty upset if she knew that Mulan took that compass from Emma and Snow. Like, she's willing to risk herself for them at this point. Sure, but I think she would do the same thing for Philip. 
Probably. Yeah. Probably. And, and because Philip would have told Mulan to do the same thing for yeah. her, she's going to understand it's it. It's true. It's exactly what he would have said. Um, much like Regina tells Rumple, now you have a weakness. Yeah. Cora talks about how Emma and Snow now have a weakness. Yep. They're very good at pointing out the things that hurt you most. Yes, they are good at that. They are good at that. True, true villain. Anything else? Uh, just like long term. Can we get more Cora being the villain of the story? Yeah, I think in season the second half of the season we get more of that. I don't think we do. Not in the second half of the season. I think later in the first half of the season we do. It, it, the, I know it pivots at some point. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll get. Some we more. didn't get enough Cora. I want more. Never enough. Cora. I want the way that we got Regina stealing the show last time. Mm-hmm. Cora's really cruel and has some awesome stuff to do. I want her to be the big bad. Like she should yeah. be the villain at the end. And right now it's like. Hurry up and get your storybook already. Like, let's go. Quit yelling in flames in the room. You really didn't like the it's yelling really in the room. Bad. Hmm. Do you want to buy some candles for Miner's Day? Do you want to? Only if they're going to send the town harlot to my door. Agreed. So I can look at her suggestively, of course. Of course. Oh, you know who we really didn't talk about? Who? Emma. Yeah, she doesn't have a huge role in this episode. She is a, I would say she has some important things. One, she's clearly blaming herself yes. for Henry's stuff. But then, much like Regina kind of does the like pivot of, like, actually, you know whose fault this all is? Regina's fault. Even though the monster behind the monster is literally staring you in the face. That is true. I'm not saying that Cora is not at fault in this situation. Yeah. But Regina is a person and can make her own choices. Sure. <laughs> But and as she we, chose poorly. As we know, hurt people hurt. Yeah. And like Snow told her, like, I was the one who told her. And then she killed Regina's true love in front of her. Like, there are, we know that Cora is the one who made Regina a monster. Not that Regina's absolved of blame, but like, it's a, it's a very Regina, like, whiplash pivot. It's, I'm the one at fault. I'm the one at fault. Actually, everything is Regina's fault. Like, yes, most of this involves Regina and also did some dumb stuff in the season like she didn't have to do all the idiotic things that she did she didn't have to try to shoot an ogre yep there was that (laughs) or the I'm gonna kidnap my son and take him out of town oh yeah that was bad that was pretty stupid um and then you you went to sleep like why why did you let Mulan steal the compass didn't you put it in a place where she'd have to really get personal on you? You know what's even worse? I'm not even sure she was asleep. She was, like, resting, but I don't think her eyes were closed. That's so much worse. I know. It's so much worse. So, like, in the first season, we're led to believe that Emma's, like, really good and self-aware and, like, a great fighter. And then she's just dumb all of a sudden in season two. And I don't know why. She's this... out of her element in the Enchanted Forest. Okay, but, like... Knowing your surroundings should be something she'd be aware of. Yeah. Or like, I don't know, you know this person. She's really good at deceiving when someone has like a second intention, like Mulan does or Rumple does often. But she's like, I'm just going to rest and not keep the compass. Well, and I mean, she she did pretty well a couple episodes ago. Like she got the compass from the giant. But yeah. then. But she talked to the giant. She like. Yeah. Basically traded with him. I mean, she also could have killed him. She could have, but there was. she's not an indiscriminate No, killer. she's not. Um, but yeah, it was just, it, it, I don't know. I, I guess they have to move the plot along, but there are a lot of her decisions are inconsistent Agreed. with who she was in season one. Doesn't make any sense. No. Um, other than that, I think I'm good. What's yeah. your favorite moment in this episode? Oh, all of Rumpel's quips. <laughs> they are good. They're just so, like, right to the point. And, you know, I always love when him and Regina are kind of clashing, and that's, all of these are great. Like, you know, the, hey, that's the woman who uh, trapped you for 28 years. <laughs> I, I think I really like the, um, well, you did her, <laughs> you did his wife, so. I assume you want the honors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just a lot of those, again, like, this is all your fault. So that's my moment. Yours? 
Uh, David jumping through the fire like a badass is a good one. That's not even like the most ridiculous moment for me for David. I mean, I love it's that. It's not moment. ridiculous. I know. I know. Favorite. favorite moment. It's like he's just such an Avenger. I just expect him to do sure. that. Sure. Yeah. And Regina and David collaborating always a favorite. I actually really like also the scene when he punches the. Um, oh yeah, that's really cool. Because he like, figures out that it's really hot to the touch and he just like punches. Now reckless. Very reckless. I had no idea what he was landing. Could have just fallen into a big fire pit. He's yeah. like, it's fine. I'll figure it out because I'm charming the Avenger. Yes. I'm gonna, I'll let you go first for most ridiculous because I have three. I have two. Oh, okay. Um, when Snow and Charming try to kiss in the Netherworlds. Oh, interesting. Um, both, like, I, I, I mean less, I mean, it's ridiculous that they thought that that would work. Or at least didn't, like, voice that plan out to Rumple. Right. But I, it, it just looks really ridiculous. Oh, like, yeah. they're doing the, like, reaching into thin air and, like, reaching through each other. It, it's very silly. Yeah. Very silly. Um, my second one is when Snow talks to the Raven. Because yeah. apparently that's a thing. I I could have put that and didn't even think about that. I, one of them I did put was that True Love's Kiss would work in the Nether Realm. Like, that's ridiculous mm-hmm. to me. Um, Hook doesn't know magic and has not been trained up until this point and takes a heart cleanly. And I think we see that, like, Regina, when she was learning as the apprentice from Rumple, struggled to take a heart. I And she's a magic user. Yeah, I mean, there's a flashback we'll get in the next Sure. At this point, though, it's ridiculous that Hook was able to do that. Okay. Um, But the most ridiculous thing is Aurora getting chased down by Snow and Emma. That is terrible. You mean Mulan? That's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, Mulan, in no way, shape, or form, she got chased down. (laughs) And then gets, once again, like, the first time she got football tackled, I get that maybe she wasn't expecting it. This is Snow's go-to move. Learn how to defend yourself. You're the greatest warrior in the land, and you're getting whooped by Snow White. Yeah. Well, that's reasonable. Who's your loser? David. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good one. My man went under a sleeping curse, hoping that his wife would be able to wake him up, and then found that that ain't going to work. At this point, he's just stuck. Yeah, he's just stuck in that burning room. Yeah, I'm curious to see who you picked if it wasn't David. Oh, I picked Aurora. Because she lost her heart? Because she lost her heart. Um, huh. Okay, well, first she was lied to by Snow about the Netherworld, as you said. Um, she, right. I almost didn't choose her because she's really trying to help and like character growth yeah she's got some character growth growing but after all of that she gets her heart taken and doesn't even know that that's the case <laughs> which is really shitty so she like thinks that she's helping and doing the right thing but actually she's just gonna fuck everyone <laughs> at first i thought your choice was ridiculous but what you explain is like no that's a pretty big loss yeah, yeah. i mean i don't disagree like david no. good choice david got stuck in his sleeping curse <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think those are two losers I'd probably At put. least David chose that. He did think he was going to wake up, but he he made the choice. Aurora did not choose to have her heart taken. That is very true. Though, I think David made his choice under false pretenses. Yes, yes yeah. he did. Um, yeah. He may have still made it even if he didn't know that, but at least he would have had all the information. You're going to hate my choice. Swear to God if it's Emma. It's I'm... not Emma. It's okay. Hook. I don't hate that as much as you Okay. Uh, he hits rock bottom in this episode. He has to climb down a beanstalk in the rain. That really sucks. And Cora is, of course, waiting for him at the bottom. And she just completely is like, nope, done with you. Uh, I'm not into this pretty face and your attempt to seduce me. But then he hatches a plan all by himself and gets back in Cora's good graces. And if that doesn't work, the heroes might be sympathetic enough to him to help him. All right. It's a good explanation. My runner-up is Cora. Okay. Because I think she's getting what she wanted. And my winner is Hook. 
Wow, we have the same winner in its hook? And I, <laughs> I detest hook for the most part. But I think he does an excellent job for all of the reasons that you described. Mm-hmm. I also think it's funny that the way for his success to get his revenge is to basically mimic Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. He is working diagonally. He's scheming. He's plot. I mean, he is literally, you know, they say you often become the thing you hate most. Regina became Cora. Hook is becoming Rumpel. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I mean, almost to the um, uh, same degree of, like, he's got the woman that he can't attain because he's still a really bad person. Yeah. It, I mean, he, the crocodile that he can't stand. But right now, good good plot. I mean, for yeah. him to steal a, a heart, which I didn't even know he had the capability of, I, I have no contest for that. That's true. This may be the last time I ever pick Hook as a winner. Mm-hmm. Well, no, there's one episode I'm absolutely going to pick Hook as the winner. Okay. Much later, but he's going to win. Um, we also got a day's ride in this episode. It wasn't said in they the They didn't same... say a day's ride. Yeah. But the poppy plants yeah. are a long journey away, is what Mulan says. But it's close enough that they can get there and back in a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, it's actually, it couldn't be a day's ride away because they were able to walk there. It's less than a day's less ride. Less than a day's ride, yes. It would yes. definitely have to be much less than a day's ride. Yeah, that was kind of the um, quote. No, you know what's interesting? We haven't had another discussion about magic beans, despite the entire plot being trying to get to another realm. It's true. But don't worry. We'll get a lot more magic beans later yeah. this season. I'm just surprised <laughs> that no one's been like, hey, any magic beans by chance? I mean, we know about magic beans at this point because they went up to go yeah. get one. Yeah. Nope. Just nothing. Nothing. Uh, so next week, we're going to watch season two, episode nine, Queen of Hearts, which is a Korra-focused episode, so you're going to get what you want. I feel like that was a bit of a spoiler. Why? Don't they reveal that she's... Because we've seen the Queen of Hearts before. Oh, sorry. Korra is the Queen of Hearts, friends. Which I think most people probably would have guessed, (laughs) in fact, that the woman rips out hearts for fun. (laughs) But yes, uh, the woman that we saw in Wonderland is Korra. Yes. And we do get a Korra-focused... Is this a Regina and Korra-focused episode? It is a Hook and Korra-focused episode. And Regina. Oh, yes. I know what episode this is. Yes. I think I enjoy this episode a decent amount. Me too. I like I like the Korra and Regina, I don't want to say battles, but kind of like posturing that they mm-hmm. do. I think this is more in the flashback, so they do battle a little bit more. I think it's fascinating to see, like, we got to see what Regina is in season one, and seeing what made her that way mm-hmm. is always fascinating. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing, I think, do we get more Wonderland? Do we get more Jefferson? No. Hmm. I don't think so. Has he become the Winter Soldier at this point? Yes, he is now the Winter Soldier. Do we never see Jefferson again? I can't remember, but maybe no. Mm. Um, I really want to know about Cora and Rumpel's backstory, which is going to be a while, but I want to know what that, I want to know what that story was. I also, they referenced something that I, I don't understand. They said, you told me she was dead, you saw the body. I have no, like, reference on that story at all. I don't ever remember Cora, Cora dying and then a body being there, or Regine saying anything close to that. Well, you're not going to have to wait long. Okay, fair <laughs> But this was some foreshadowing, I hear. Yes. Uh, yeah. So please be sure to join us next week when we watch Season 2, Episode 9, Queen of Hearts. We'll see you next time.